This is the Novelty Podcast. Welcome one, welcome all to the Novelty Podcast. This is show eight. Jesus, I'm doing this. I'm really doing this. This is show eight. Welcome back. I got a packed show today. I'm going to try to avoid Avengers. Now, the, the band get lifted tomorrow. But I feel like I'm avo- I, I, I can avoid it, right? I talked about it for like 30 minutes at nauseum. I think uh, I was just kind of rambling at, at a point. Now, this is not a TV show podcast. This is not a Game of Thrones podcast. Game of Thrones podcast. It's not. But it's my favorite fucking show. And I want to talk about it for a second. Holy shit. Arya Stark has ended the war with the White Walkers. What the hell? I did not see it coming. I didn't know she was supposed to be, you know, that that prophecy they had about the uh about the prince. I didn't know that that would be her. They left uh they left hints of this throughout the whole season. The whole time they was letting us know that it was Arya. But we chose to ignore it because of Jon Snow. Seemed like Jon Snow was destined to end the war. But he somehow wasn't the one to do it. He had a shot at it, kind of, for a second. <laughs> he had a shot at it. But the Night King is formidable. So he kind of had a shot at it. But Arya Stark ended him, ending the, the White Walkers brought up a very, very interesting debate. Now, I admit, this is a geeky film debate. This is something that film people talk about. But if you're not a geeky film person, I want to welcome you into this debate because it's very interesting. I think that everybody would have an opinion on something like this. Of course, it's tied into the sexism, the feminism thing. It, it has to come up every time a woman does anything in power, and it's kind of frustrating. But it's something we need to talk about because I think it's a little uh, unfair in its, in, its, in its essence. So it's this concept called a Mary Sue. The Mary Sue is basically a woman who is a DSSX, DSX machina. DSX machina is a person who just is, is there to help the plot go. Oh, oh, I, I wrote myself into a corner. What do I do next? Here's your DSX Machina. Problem solved. This happens all the time. But DSX Machina comes way back from, you know, the the ancient Rome days. So back then, you know, it was all men. Men had to pretend to be women. So you would never associate a woman with DSX Machina. So they gave him a name called Mary Sue. This was uh this was very prevalent. When uh, Ray from Star Wars came around and people started accusing her of being a Mary Sue and then the war started. That carried over into Arya Stark. This is the thing. She is a Mary Sue. She is a Mary Sue. She is. But I really don't think Mary Sue's are bad. You want to know one of the biggest Mary Sue? Now, I'm I'm going to I'm going to um I'm going to do some some um. Some activist type stuff right now. I'm going to refer to men as Mary Sue's until I'm done with this whole diatribe. I'm going to refer to men as Mary Sue's because men are Mary Sue's too. And I want to talk about one of the biggest Mary Sue's. The biggest Mary Sue. The biggest Mary Sue maybe in Hollywood history is arguable because he was, he was involved in most of the movies in this gigantic franchise. I say gigantic, but it's really no real description of how big this franchise is. Of course, it's a Marvel franchise. Of course, it's about the Avengers. Of course, I'm talking about Iron Man. Tony Stark is a Mary Sue. Nobody calls him out for Mary Sue. Nobody accuses Iron Man of being a Mary Sue. How isn't he a Mary Sue? The man can make gadgets 
in hours. He made a suit made of nanotech. We don't know what the hell nanotech is to this day. We don't know what nanotech is. This whole time, Iron Man has been so damn powerful that he almost created a machine that became self-aware and destroyed the world. And what did he do? He just made another one that helped save the world. Nobody calls him out for being a Mary Sue. I mean, it's, not, it's, it's just not deniable that if you look at how Iron Man's arc happened and how Arya's arc happened, that she is a Mary Sue. Now, sometimes you use Mary Sue to get yourself out of a jam, or most times, every time. But I don't know if Game of Thrones intended for her to be a Mary Sue. I think that they decided that she would end the war maybe three seasons ago. Shit, this is the eighth season or the seventh, the second half of the seventh season, however you want to see it. But I think this was decided fairly recently. But you can see, you if you go back, you can see it was always going to be Arya. The way with the episode was written out, it's, it's funny. You got it, this. This episode is polarizing. You got some people saying that this was the worst episode, the worst episode of the fucking show. I'd hear that argument honestly. You got people who were saying that the the screen was too dark. It's just fucking crazy. Turn the lights off. Turn the lights off and pay attention. But see, I know what's happening. See, us Game of Thrones fans were, were shoving it down the country's throat, and guess what? It's kind of working. You got the casual fans who starting to tune in, getting a little curious. So they don't have the stakes that we have. They don't know these characters how we know them. So they're like, oh, I can't see. Who was that? They did what? Takes away from the whole thing. So they're looking at it differently. Say, oh, it's too dark. You got people saying, no, nothing was going on. It was a big waste. I'll hear that. I say, I'll hear that because not enough characters died. We lost two characters? Two characters we, we barely cared about? Honorable characters, but they weren't big losses. And I like Theon, but it wasn't a big loss for the show. So, if you if you consider the fact that barely any story was told, then this was the worst episode. But I disagree, and here's why: because it was a shitload of story told in this episode. The biggest story to me was the person who didn't even show up. The biggest story to me is Cersei. <laughs> she's following through on her plan. She told Jamie her plan. She said she's going to wait them out, wait till they get weak, and she's going to take them all. She's going to fucking do it. If you're a fan of the show, you, you, you were kind of, this was in the back of your mind. Something's lurking in the back of your mind. That's what happened in the last episode. And I was like, thank God Littlefinger's not around. And this time I'm like, shit, Cersei's, she's really not around. I was waiting for a moment where they would need her. Turned out they didn't. They needed Arya. Also, Jamie Lannister and Bran Tar, that's, that's going to be a full-on thing at this point. Fought together, bled together, almost died together. 
So now we know for a fact that it, if it comes down to Jamie and Cersei, Jamie could end it. Jamie is a strong dude, strong willed. I think he can kill anyone, including his sister. Bran, I think that he's a little more clever than we're giving him credit for. So everybody hates him, right? Just a waste. Just a waste of, of just a waste of a character. I think we're being very uh, dismissive of it. So he did something really random in the episode where he sent off some ravens, and we're like, oh, what's the significance of that? He sent off some ravens. Never amounted to anything. Had nothing to do with killing the White Walkers. But his plan, what he did was still pivotal. How was it pivotal? Because he made a force that is unstoppable, predictable. So let's imagine that the White Walkers didn't have a goal. They just wanted total annihilation, which is probably what they did want. I can't see the Night King really wanting the Iron Throne and wanting to get into the politics of that shit and start worrying about trade routes and shit. Probably just want total destruction. So, if that's the case, there is no need to kill Bran in specific. But he specifically wanted Bran. Because if the White Walker can take over the Three-Eyed Raven and have eyes in the sky, have a dragon, have an army, he is essentially God at this point. You give him something to want, you make him predictable. And then, when you make him predictable, see, and that's the thing. We don't know if this was a part of Bran's plan. If Bran knew that it would be Arya. But Bran gave Arya the blade that killed the White Walkers. Why are we sleeping on Bran? Why is he just a complete waste of fucking character? He's not. I guess people don't really like stoic characters. He's very stoic now. <laughs> he's so stoic, he's fucking boring. But I'm very neutral on Bran. I do not hate him like people hate him. And I'm not crazy about him not what make the show work but he definitely made the war with the white walkers work and they couldn't have won if it was up to aria by herself she wouldn't have did it we all love aria we all love aria i love aria but let's not act like without brand aria has even an opening to get to the white walkers we've seen what happened with her in that library took some real lucky shit for for her to get out of that thing including a witch who was you know a little bit of getting her her a little bit of Mary Sue on herself. She's just getting a little Mary Sue on herself. A little bit. Didn't help the Dothraki too much, did it? But so coming off that episode, now I'm I'm just gonna say it out loud. This is the worst season of Game of Thrones so far. It's just been a bunch of people meeting up. But now people. We're getting back to the Game of Thrones. It's about to get back to politics. Because we got unfinished business. We got unfinished business. Who's going to take the Iron Throne? <laughs> it's right back to that, baby. They wrapped up the White Walker saga. It's done. They're saying they could come back. I don't see them coming back. 
they come back then all of these seasons that they set up dragon glass and valerian steel was all a waste of time they, they're not coming back we're back to the real nitty-gritty we're back to executions head getting chopped off technicalities why people are dying for what reason we're back to to bloodlines rightful heirs to the throne we're back to the good shit we're back to what make us game of throne fans we're back it's back starting in the next episode now i'm predicting the next episode is going to be slow too because it's going to be setting up the next few episodes which will be more war i i, I swear I, I had to comment on this dude's facebook and he was like oh t- 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 talking about do i watch game of thrones as soon as he said dragons i was like hell no like bro this show is not about dragons not about dragons when dragons was most important to game of thrones it was before game of thrones started when the Targaryens ruled, dragons was everything. Now, no. Dragons is just a part of an air force. It's an air force. It's a part of an, ar- of an army, but it never factors into the fucking Game of Thrones. This shit's about to get gangster, and I'm ready. And you'll hear from me. Soon as that, I, I, you'll hear from me on the next podcast about the next episode. I'll be following this show. It's my favorite show. This is a movie podcast. I'm about to get into some movies right now. But I'm excited about Game of Thrones. Maybe the worst season, but damn it, it's still good and still one of the best shows on television. So I've been going through this uh, personal crisis, right? <laughs> I always saw myself as a bit of a hipster, right? I'm, I'm, I'm a hipster. It's, it's the truth. But I get mistaken for a nerd a lot. I don't think I'm a nerd. So now I get to really see if I'm a nerd because I'm about to go to war with fucking nerds. These internet nerds are out of control, man. They, they, they are now starting to bully movies. Ah, come on. Not, no, look, you can, you, can, you can bully the fucking video game people. You can fucking bully uh, some of these shows. I don't care. You know, those, those are revolving doors of people. But when you start bullying movies, man. So the director of Sonic, Jeff Fowler, is now getting bullied into changing the animation of Sonic. So this is my thing. Detective Pikachu is coming out. Nobody's bitching at them. They took all kind of liberties with their animation. You have to decide what side you're on. See, this is the thing. You have to decide if you want movies or if you want cartoons. If, 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 y'all, if y'all just wanted an animated movie that was going to theaters, say that. But for you to say, oh, I don't like that you're trying to make it look like an actual real-life hitchhawk when you're making a story based on real life. What's with his hips? That looks ridiculous. It's an imaginary character. If you want Sonic, then just protest for the cartoon. Protest for the whole movie to be gone. Sonic hips and eyes and the shapes of these things are not going to factor into this damn story. Now... The, the, the Sonic fans actually have something to worry about. Kind of. I, I think they will worry about it, but I don't think they need to. See, this script has been in production for years. <laughs> the script has been in, in development for years. When scripts take years, you got a shot. Inglorious Bastard took years. Hateful Eight took years. Great scripts that took years. Sometimes they take years. 
this took years. They kept going back to the drawing board like this just doesn't work. And they might give you guys a good script. But yet we're worried about these damn animations. Animation is in a is in an innovative state right now. Graphics are getting crazy. It's getting crazy on, on, on our game consoles. It's only going to get better. So how can you challenge the movie theater for trying to take that next step? For giving fur to these things. They're like, oh, these things are animals. The Pokemons are animals. Sonic's a hedgehog. A hedgehog. They need fur. And you're like, and y'all got a problem with them taking chances and trying to make this thing more realistic. This is setting a horrible precedent for Hollywood because Jeff Fowler did fold. You say, oh, yeah, okay, we'll, we'll go back to the drawing board. We'll make them better. Give these people a good movie. They, they won't give a damn. You think these people are going to not see the movie based on what they're complaining about? It's not going to happen. They're still going to pay. The, the, the fans are going to support. They can, they can go kicking and screaming. You can drag them by the hair. But I don't understand. I don't understand what all the fury is about. It's about nothing. And, and so, so what happens in the future? What happens when he come back? Like, huh? Here's the new Sonic. He looks more like the cartoon. And you're like, yeah. But, but I mean, that color, it, the color is stupid. It just isn't right. I swear to God, these fucking internet warriors, man. Ugh. <laughs> oh, these fucking Twitter fingers, man. I swear. Let's not let them ruin Hollywood, all right? Sports has a, they have a, uh, they have a saying. You listen to the fans, you'll be sitting with them. Tread softly, Jeff Fowler. So I'm 29 years old. I'm a child of the 90s. Me being a child in the 90s makes people like Jim Carrey and Will Smith kind of a concept, not people. So anything that reminds us of our childhood, right? Our childhood is the best of our, of our lives, right? It's the time where you, you just, you're just taking life for what it is. You're not thinking about your identity, what you should be, where you should be. You're just accepting things for who they is. And, and in this in this moment, in this window of your life, everything is fucking magical. Everything you see is magic. What I grew up seeing was good movies from Jim Carrey and Will Smith. So when these people get involved in projects like Sonic the Hedgehog, like Aladdin, this isn't, this isn't just uh this isn't just nostalgia in a project. The project is nostalgia. These actors are nostalgia. I say that to say that it's damn hard for these actors to fail with us, with my generation, with people in my age bracket from 25 to 35. It's hard for these guys to fail because they're, con they're concepts to us. And that concept is nostalgia. Reminds us of, reminds us of, of, of the time before life. Because life fucking sucks for the most part. And it reminds us of a better time. So when I see new movies coming out from Jim Carrey and Will Smith, I am always terrified. I'm always terrified. I'm always terrified because I got, I'm going to have so many biases. That's going to get me to go to see these damn movies because I need to see these people live their best lives <laughs> and still be a part of movies. But we know that they're living the same life that sucks. They, they still need checks. 
people always say, oh, oh, you know, they don't need this money. But, hey, you ever think about these guys' bills? Their bills are insane. And you want to know the only thing that can keep those bills going? The things that started those bills, and they keep making goddamn movies. Will Smith is about to have a big year. This is a big month for movies. I'm going to get into that later, but Will Smith is about to have a big year. He got Aladdin coming out on the 24th. He got this Gemini man that's about to drop. I'll talk about that a little bit more later. And now. And he got an animated shit. He got an animated show. Animated movies can kill. These family movies, they can kill the box office. Got big projects coming. You'll hear more about that spy movie later. I won't talk about it now. It's, it's, it's coming up way later this year. Like Sonic is, but... Sonic is going to constantly be going through that gauntlet of social media scrutiny because of the fucking nerds that love Sonic. Nerds who are the internet, just know. But I'm a little nervous about Will Smith's new. I'm, I'm nervous about this Gemini, man. Nervous now. It's funny because I was just talking about Sonic the Hitchhiker. I'm like, hey, sometimes, you know, scripts just need time. But this script has had time, and it's had a lot of people give up on it. So they've been working on this script since 99? Since 99 they've been working. No, no, no. I think it's 2001. They've been working on this script for more than 15 years, all right? More than 15 years. A lot of people have been giving it up. Had a lot of stars attached, including Mel Gibson, including Harrison Ford. Couldn't get this damn script off the ground. But this is the thing. This is the reason why I'm nervous about it. They've already made this fucking movie more than once. We've seen movies like this. This is essentially a genre. A, a, a guy and a clone, and, you know, they'll probably put a twist in there that, oh, he was really the clone, or, you know. We've seen this. We've seen this. I've seen this in a Tom Cruise movie not too long ago. So uh, I'm not I'm not excited about these things. Uh, it's a reason why they just couldn't get this script to work. I'm going based off the trailer. I know some movie critics who don't even watch trailers because of so much deception. I still love me a good trailer. Uh Trailers are made to mislead, but sometimes you can see the truth. Sometimes you can see the truth in a trailer, man. And I really think this isn't going to be good. Most importantly, based on the weak trailer. Now, they haven't started really like marketing this thing yet. This is a way later release. It's not coming out till October. But I think it's going to flop. Will Smith doesn't flop. So when I was doing my background research for this, I said, I'm going to find a Will Smith movie to flop. I bet it's a sci-fi movie. Nope. The guy's movies make bank. He is a force. He's a force. But I think he's going to flop this time, man. I think he's going to flop. I think he got a movie that's not that interesting on the surface, and it's not that interesting as a script. I guarantee it. But like I said, he's a force. So a long time ago, a few podcasts ago, I talked about the Fresh Prince movie that took a dark tone of it, made a trailer. Now, the movie doesn't exist. But I told you what happened, man. And it get Will Smith attention, and then it eventually become a project. Well, Will Smith, he dropped a, a, a video, and he's talking to the guy who made Fresh Prince, and he wanted to know what influenced it, and blah, blah, blah. Now, it's not that interesting. It's just a guy who liked Fresh Prince and made a trailer. They tried to make it interesting, but it wasn't. But now that you got Will Smith back in it, sky's the limit. It's going to happen. As soon as I seen the trailer, I got on Facebook, and I'm just like, that looks 
bad. They're going to fucking ruin Fresh Prince. Now, they have the... They have the... They have nostalgia. Nostalgia is is sheer fire. It's it's it gets you to the fucking theater. It's beyond our control. At, at this point, it's 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 mind control. <laughs> so you know, if you make a Fresh Prince movie, it'll make its money. Will Smith up back it. He'll probably do a promotional tour. It launched his career. You know, blah blah blah. But I'm telling you, watch this Fresh Prince movie. If you aren't a fan of Fresh Prince, you won't be wooed at all. You won't be tricked at all. Movie doesn't look interesting. What made Fresh Prince good is Will Smith. What made Fresh Prince good is is the cast in that joint. All amazing actors, great people, great tone to the show. So now you want to take what make the show great, and you want to take it away and make it dark and realistic. Nah, it's not gonna work. I hope it doesn't happen, but the momentum is coming. It's happening. So for all y'all Fresh Prince out there, Fresh Prince fans out there who've seen this trailer and got excited, get excited because the movie is coming. You heard it here first on the Novelty Podcast from To Rebel Out. You heard it. Kanye West is coming to television. Kanye West, the musical genius, is coming to television. Kanye West, the creator of the Graduation album, is coming to TV, sort of, sort of. He's not. He's not really, but <laughs> in a lot of ways he is. His money's coming to television. His, 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 his uh, character is coming to television. So Jaden Smith, a capable actor? I haven't seen him in anything recently, but in Pursuit of Happiness, he's a really good kid. It's not easy to be a good kid, I'm telling you. To be a good kid in a story, it's not good. It's not easy. A lot of kids, they get in these movies and they fucking suck. Stink up the screen. Like, God, that's not how kids act. But Jaden Smith was a really good kid. <laughs> so, you know, he shows some range in that horrible uh, M. Night Shyamalan movie, um, After Earth. Shows some more range. He gave his all to a horrible script. <laughs> so I'm really excited to see what he does with this. Because he's in another horrible script. So I don't think they named the project yet, but Kanye West got a show coming to Showtime. It's an anthropology series. An anthropology series, my bad. It's an anthropology series. And it's about Kanye West in different dimensions. What the fuck? What, what the fuck is going What? What, what are you doing? But Kanye West is looking at his life through different dimensions. And Jaden Smith is going to be playing Kanye West, impersonating Kanye West. That's a hell of a, a, of a personality to nail down. If he can get the personality alone, it'll get to show some buzz. It'll do a lot for it. But I, don't, I, don't, I think this is a horrible, horrible idea. Horrible idea. And of course, Kanye West's first thing is all about Kanye West. That is like the most narcissistic dude in the in the world. You know, a, a part of us likes narcissistic people. We all want to be narcissistic to a certain extent. But that's just a small part of us. Like 20%. The rest, the, the rest of the 80% just sees how how much a narcissistic personality can pull you down. As soon as this guy gets a chance to get into the storytelling space, he's like, oh, look at me. You know what I think about? Me and other dimensions. What the fuck? But it's coming. It's coming. The money's there. The money's going. The money's flowing for it, and it's about to happen. Look out for it. Soon you're going to see a bizarre-ass trailer of Jaden Smith pretending to be Kanye West as a McDonald's clerk who's making beats with pencils and flipping burgers to, to beats and telling, talking about how he's a musical genius to his manager who's just telling him to keep flipping the burgers and shut the hell up. 
Ugh, God damn it, it's gonna be bad. But I uh need to move on because I could ramble about Kanye West's misguided creation for another podcast. They're talking about T- Quentin Tarantino releasing a, a director's cut of the Django Unchained, and oh my God, do we need this? What did we do to deserve this, Quentin? We're talking about the most racist script. Now, I like the Django Unchained. Don't get me wrong. But we're talking about the most racist script that you could ever see. And now what you're going to do is tell me that you got an uncut version of that. Jesus, I thought I'd seen the uncut version. He's like, oh, you're going to hear the word. You're going to hear the N-bomb. You're going to hear the N-bomb only 30 more times. You might see some lashings this time. You might see him try to reenact the scene from Roots, you know? Tell him to get in a boiling pot of water. Tell that boy to get in a boiling pot. What 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 uncut version do we need, Quentin? What what what, what did you cut out the movie that we need to understand? We don't need it. Keep it. Keep it. The cut you had was fine. It was good. It was good. That's all I want to talk about <laughs> as far as him. That's all I want to talk about as far as him. Because he's might, he might be losing his damn mind. You know this dude made a Star Trek script? Quentin Tarantino made a Star Trek script. What? I would love to see somebody drop the N-bomb in Star Trek. You know he's going to do it. <laughs> he's, he needs any excuse to drop that joint. You want to know what's funny? To all my white listeners, all of the white novel ones out there. That's right. I called you novel ones. Because you are novel ones. To the white novel ones out there, Quentin Tarantino really feels like he stay, he put the N-bomb in so much of his script because he feels like that's how white people talk. Now, I don't know if y'all should be offended by this or not. And I don't know if it's true. But it's, it's kind of fucked up. Especially since it's probably not that true. Like, he acts like when white people talk to each other, they have to use the word. And they don't even care if black people are around. Namely, Samuel Jackson is around. They're dropping that joint. So what's the over or under? I'm, I'm willing to put five bucks on it. I put five bucks that Quentin Tarantino is going to drop the N-bomb in his Star Trek script. <laughs> Take me on on it. Before I get to my next uh, segments, I want to take some time out to... Uh, and it's funny that I, I just was you know joking about racism, but... Uh, recently, uh, John Singleton, the director, he passed away. Um, this was a dude who was really, really essential to um, to um, cultural significance in in cinema. Uh, big, big impact on black cinema. Um, he's always told stories from the black perspective, even in this movie Four Brothers that starred Mark Wahlberg. Um, he was friend. He was friends and so close of friends that he was he called them his brothers with two black men and another white guy um you know now this that may seem like it's a small thing but it, that's about unity um it's not a small feat to do in, in cinema um he made shaft you know stand true to the black perspective and of course he made boys in the hood boys in the hood um changed black cinema forever Started a genre, influenced all kind of movies um, till this day. Um, 
one of the all-time classics talking about, you know, being, you know, black in L.A. and dealing with some of the impacts of being poor in L.A. Um, it changed it changed uh, cinema, changed Hollywood. Um, it's, all, it's in the Library of Congress, Boys in the Hood. John Singleton's impact is legendary. Um, died relatively young. Um, I think he was 59. And, um, you know, you hate to see this because at 59, it, there was still plenty of cinema left. Um, I really didn't want him to make Baby Boy 2, but he had a bunch of stuff in the works. And, um, I mean, we're talking about we're talking about a very, very significant director. Big loss for Hollywood. Um, you, you can go, you can Google image him and, um, just see some of the people he's taking pictures with, man. This dude is very, very, um, influential and it's a big loss for, for Hollywood, big, big, Holly, a big loss for black Hollywood. Uh, I want to wish a rest in power to, uh, John Singleton and prayers to his family. I want to get to the power rankings now. I, I gave up on power rankings, but now I decided it's too damn important. It's too damn important. And I want to talk about the power rankings for uh, basically the month of May. May is crazy. May is a strong month when it comes down to movies. Uh, three of these movies are already out. Uh, the other three will be dropping within a matter of two weeks, uh, three weeks. And uh, it's, we, we, got a, we got a nice month coming by the time May 30th hit, we're going to be good on on movies. It's going to be a lot of movies with a lot to talk about. So I want to talk about the power rankings. Now, these are the top six movies. These are the top six movies that everybody is talking about. Uh, the top six movies that's more than likely going to make some money. So I just want to talk about them and cover them because I got thoughts on them. And uh, the top two, I, I mean, the bottom two, I really don't plan on seeing. So let's talk about why. So number six. Number six, The Intruder, starting Dennis Quaid, Megan Good, and Michael Ealy. Um, we've seen this movie a million times. I am not going to see this. I am predicting it to be trash. The early reviews are trash. Um, it's sitting at a 28% on Rotten Tomatoes, 53% by the audience score. Now, sometimes you got movies like this. Uh, the critics can be especially hard on it because, um, you know, critics like their movies a certain way. They're tastemakers to a certain extent. So when that happens, you have to go to the audience score. And when the audience score is also an F minus, it's not a good movie. So I'm just calling this one. It's probably a terrible movie. But these type of movies, they have an audience, man. They have an audience. They have a fan base. Uh, because, see, this started way back with Lakeview Terrace. Um, this started a genre, the uh, intruder genre, <laughs> I want to say. And uh, sometimes they work. Sometimes they make some money. Um, you know, I think when the bow breaks made a little money. So because it can make a little money, it's made, you know, number six on the power rankings. But um, it's probably it's probably uh, not going to be good. It's not going to age well. It's one of those forgettable films. But, hey, if, um you know, it's date night and your girl is refusing to see Avengers again and she's refusing to see, you know, something good, then, you know, you might have to settle for the intruder. So it made six on my power rankings. You can you can take that away from it. Number five is Long Shot. Long Shot is the new movie with Charlize Theron and Seth Rogen. This is another movie I'm not that high on. Uh, Seth Rogen is starting to give us the same movies over and over again. Uh, the whole lover, the lovable loser thing is, is cool. Um, you know, I even got to see him do it as a hot dog. Um, 
you know, but we're going to get the same thing that we always get. Now, if you're a Seth Rogen fan, um, this may be cool. Uh, Seth Rogen fans, is they're always going to get their Seth Rogen. He, he, doesn't, he doesn't change up for anything. He has no range at all. He's just gonna bring Seth Rogen to your to your to your screen, and if that's your chance to, you're gonna end up liking this movie. Uh, the critics like it. It's at an 83 percent right now. Uh, dropped just I think yesterday, so that's probably gonna drop a little bit. So you know, it's it's probably about what I thought it was. Um, audience got it at a 69 percent. Usually when it starts this low, it drops a little bit. They'll probably drop four or five percentage points. Um, it's going to be some comedic timing, but, you know, this is a story we've seen a million times. Nothing innovative. But if you want some easy laughs, if you want some laughs and some romance, if you like rom-coms, there you go, you know. But, again, Seth Rogen, he can bring it to the box office. Um, He's competing with Avengers, and just on that strength, I'm going to go ahead and put him at number five on the power ranking. Now, number four is a movie that I'm really nervous about because I vouched for it on another podcast, the movie Brightburn. Really think it's going to be uh, one of the best movies of the year. Uh, to blend the horror and superhero genre is going to be crazy. But the marketing of this one has been really weak. Um, I'm not sure if they know what to do with it because they don't know what audience it is. Um, they need to just uh, promote it as a horror movie and just call it that because that's kind of what it is. It's a horror movie and, you know, they're, they're putting a superhero in it instead of superhero and putting horror in it because that can happen. Um, there was a little horror in that Man of Steel movie with some of those flashbacks. It was a little bizarre. So, you know, it can it can happen, but um, this is really going to be very interesting. I really hope that it can get the horror crowd. That's what I'm really hoping. Um, but I think that if people go see this, they will love it. Um, I think it's going to be – I just got a strong feeling about this. And that strong feeling made me put it over the, the intruder, made me put it over long shot. So Brightburn is coming out in a few weeks. I think it's probably going to maintain this spot in my next power rankings for the next podcast. Got a good feeling about Brightburn. Number three is Ugly Dolls. Uh, now, these animated movies, the strengths they have, I'm not talking about this cast. I didn't talk about the cast for Brightburn either, but I already talked about Brightburn. Uh, the cast is always monstrous for these animated movies. They just go crazy. Um, And I think it's some value to it. You ever been watching one of these cartoons and you was like, oh, I know that voice. Oh, I know that voice. There's certain value in that. Um, Especially when these these the voice actors are good performers. Uh, th- this is a musical. It's a family movie. Uh, so these family movies, they have a leg up on the rest of the movie genres, right? The m- rest of the movie genres, you got the loners and you got the couples, right? You may have, you know, your groups of friends, you know, you know, oh, let's go see that. But, you know, you can't really bank on it. What you can bank on with these family movies is the family is going to see it. So you're banking on five ticket sales. You, 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 can, you can guess that you'll get like five t- ticket sales. You'll get parents and you'll get two, one to three kids. That's amazing. That's bank. That's bank. There is no kids admission prices. So that's bank. So this movie is going to make its money. Ugly Dolls. It's a musical. Uh, I remember that movie Trolls. I didn't have a good feeling about Trolls. Trolls kind of cleaned up. Even came up with a a big number that we still listen to. I actually still kind of listen to it. That Justin Timberlake dance song. It's a, it's a great fucking song. So Ugly Dolls could do the same. Um, I, I wanted to put it over my next two because it's really going to uh, make that money. But it's still kind of a chance that it flopped because it didn't do a lot mar- a lot of marketing. A lot of these movies are not doing a lot of marketing. That's may- maybe because of Avengers. Because just talking about not talking about Avengers is bigger news than most of these movies. So they probably didn't bother really trying to comp- compete with it. Number two is John Wick 3. 
It's coming out May 17th. Soon, soon. Very excited about this one. Now, John Wick is one of those things that kind of got a cult following. Uh, but I think that cult followings can sometimes grow into real followings. You know, people start following the cult. It's like, oh, are they on to something? So John Wick was a very big surprise. Uh, nobody expected it. Uh, I don't think it really cleaned up at the box, box office that well. Uh, it was um, after when, you know, people start talking about somebody murdering, you know, going on a murdering spree about a dog. And, you know, that's the thing about the John Wick series. That's cool. Uh, that's how it's often, you know, portrayed. But it's really not about the dog. It's about what the dog symbolized. It's really about his wife, his pet, his wife that passed. That's really who it was about. But it set off a chain of events that led us all the way to John Wick 3. Now, I was a little bit disappointed in John Wick 2. It wasn't a bad movie. It was a very enjoyable movie, but it was a forgettable movie. Um, the stakes were lower. It seemed a little bit sillier. I think that um, you're kind of going to get the same thing with John Wick 3. But I think that where they're going to make it different in John Wick 3 is they're stepping up the stunt work. The, the dude is doing crazy stunts in this one. Uh, I think that's the reason to go see John Wick 3. Um it's to the point where, and it's just the same thing happened with Blade, man, where, you know, Hollywood, they're like, oh, this could be a hit, and then it's a major hit, and then suddenly they're like, okay, well, this audience is, is is clearly here. We have to make a TV show. So they're starting to develop a John Wick TV show. I am not a fan of this unless Keanu Reeves is going to be in it. Keanu Reeves is not going to be in it because he's kind of going through the second coming of his career. John Keanu Reeves is coming. You're going to see a lot of them. Um, you're going to see a lot more of them, and he's not going to TV. I think it's a horrible idea, but get excited about John Wick 3. I think that everybody who likes any type of movie would like John Wick 3. It's going to be a thrill ride, I promise you. My number one power ranking is the next Disney remake, Aladdin. It's dropping uh, the early. It drops on the 24th officially, but Disney is doing this thing where they give themselves an extra day, you know, so they can make a little bit of extra money, get those Rotten Tomatoes scores up a little bit. You know, it's clever marketing, and then they can afford it. So Aladdin is dropping. I am excited about Aladdin. Um, like I said, this is the same thing I was talking about with the Sonic thing earlier. Uh, a lot of people, they can't handle that transition from cartoons to real life. They put, they grounded this one in India. You can see a lot of the culture of India. Uh, I really think that they're going to do it justice. I'm really interested to see what liberties they take. Uh, there was more than one Aladdin, and they may have taken some stuff from Aladdin too as well. Um, there was Beast that I seen in the, in the trailer that I didn't see in the first Aladdin movie. So don't think that you're just going to get some, you know, straight up rip off of the cartoon. I think that they'll do that closer with Lion King. I think they'll stick a little closer to the source material. But uh, I'm really interested to see what they do with the with the Aladdin. I'm really excited. I really think it's going to just blow everybody's mind. We know it's going to make the bank. It's going to make the bank, especially internationally. Uh. Get ready for Aladdin. I'm pretty sure this is going to hold its, its, its ranking until it comes out. Uh, so Aladdin is number one on the power rankings. It's coming in a couple weeks. If you've got a family, get your family to that one. You're going to love it. So I want to talk about a couple of movies. Uh, it's this movie called El Chicano. It's about a Mexican superhero taking on the cartel. I always like these kind of things. I'm a big fan of the Sicario franchise. I can't wait for the third one. Um, this is always cool cool to me. Uh I don't see a lot of Mexicans standing up for Mexicans against Mexicans, and it's just a cool thing to see. Um, but, and you never know what these kind of things, you never know if it's racism or not, but it's getting critical reviews, and some is getting critical reviews because it's too violent, yet John Wick has yet to get critical reviews yet. 
I don't like that type of shit. But, um, you know, so it's got some bad reviews. I hope the bad reviews is because it's a bad movie. Uh, I didn't have the interest that I thought I did. But when I realized that this thing got released yesterday, I'm very intrigued by it. Um, if I see it, I'm definitely going to put a, a review up on it. Uh, hoping that, you know, the, the, bad, the bad reviews are earned. If they're not, you're going to see me standing up for this movie like nothing else. But it's going to be good. There's no na major names attached to this. Um, it, I would just watch the trailer. I'll be releasing all these trailers. Releasing. I'll be sharing all these trailers trailers on my social media sites, ones that I talked about. Um, I, I, thought, I think this is going to be good. I think this is going to be good. Critics get it wrong. I talk a lot about Rotten Tomatoes, but critics can get it way wrong. They got Avengers wrong, honestly. The next one is Gemini Man. The Gemini Man that, that survived, it stripped hell because people, powerful people, was putting a lot of money behind this thing, hence the Will Smith starring in it. Um, it's, it's got its buzz going. A lot of people was talking about it. Um, I'm not impressed. Don't think it's going to do well. Check out the trailer. I'll be dropping it on my pages. Um, now, I don't know. I'm always interested to see what the Avengers do, the Avengers people transition into. Um, we always forget that it's called comic books. The stuff is based on comic books. It's it's basically action comedies. And it's always interesting because you never expect them to transition into action comedies, and that's exactly what they do. Um, I wouldn't say Dr. Doolittle is an action comedy, but it's definitely a comedy, and, and that's where Robert Downey Jr. is going next, along with Sherlock Holmes. Sherlock Holmes is a mystery comedy. It's a lot of comedy in the Sherlock Holmes movies. Um, Men in Black 4, International. This is starring Chris Hemsworth. Thor is going to be uh, at the helm of the next Men in Black, and I'm here for it. I'm here, I'm here for it. Now, it's, it's always weird. Uh, her... Him and um, the girl who played Valkyrie is teaming up again. I won't say her name because you won't know her name, but she's good and she's everywhere, including in Westworld. Westworld I'll talk about later when the hype for that fucking show comes around. I got problems with Westworld. But they're teaming up again. Uh, they, got a, they got some nice chemistry. She kind of has chemistry with everybody because she just got that appeal about her. She got that, you know, that sensual appeal. She just works with anybody. But... It's, I think it's going to be good. Uh, I like her as a character. She's down to get into some action. I think it's going to be really good. Um, I think that they're going to kind of sexy up the Men in Black franchise. And um, I think it's welcomed. And I think the timing couldn't be better. Um, if you're going to reinvent it, reinvent it now. You got the audience for it. He's coming off Avengers. I'm excited about Men in Black 4. And it's going to make bank. And that come out June 14th. You don't, we, We're not waiting. Like we're waiting for Gemini Man and Sonic. And, uh, of course, I talked about it at Nauseam earlier. Had a whole segment on it. Check out that Sonic the Hedgehog. Let me know what you think. Are you pissed with the other nerds who, you know, played this thing on their Segas and, and, and they, don't, they don't like, you know, what Hollywood did with their nostalgia? Our crack. This is the crack for our generation. That nostalgia. Give us some of that nostalgia. This isn't how he's supposed to look. Oh. So I want to know what you think. Do you agree with me? Who knows? I did not think this podcast was going to be this long. But, man, I'm telling you, the news just keep dropping. Like, I, 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 took, I, I essentially took a week off. Took a week off to talk about Avengers because that's all people were talking about. I could, I could talk about it some more. 
But the embargo, you know, the Russo brothers, they came out with a little fake embargo that's getting lifted tomorrow. So, you know, next next podcast, I'll be relentless with my Avengers spoilers. They're, they're not spoilers anymore, I guess. So I'll be relentless about talking about Avengers. Avengers made a shitload of money. So I think everybody who's going to see it has seen it. But yeah, check out some movies. Hey, I don't, I don't, look. I, I'm not getting I'm not getting a lot of feedback on my social media channels. I'm encouraging y'all. I don't care. If you see a movie and you think it's dumb, I don't care if you've seen it on Netflix. Just drop it on my wall. Just drop it somewhere. Let me know. I see I see a lot of weird movies. I don't even talk about it. I talk about the big movies on my podcast. But I watch movies. I see some shit. So if you see some shit, let me know. Alright? Shout out to my listeners. Shout out to the novel ones. I'm gonna be right back at it. Till we meet again. This is the Novelty Podcast.